Hello everyone and welcome back to the Awful Neutral Podcast. Today, this will be part two of the 10 Candles series. Let's go ahead and introduce the cast. Damien Mercado, why don't you introduce yourself and tell us who you'll be playing. I'll be playing Gremel Stonebreaker again. I just got knocked unconscious slamming me face into the floor and I feel like a wee bit of an ass for it. Jesse Egan, why don't you introduce yourself and tell us who you'll be playing. I'm Jesse Egan and today I will be playing... Judd Bingsley, y'all. I remembered that completely without any help. (laughs) (laughs) And AG, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself and tell us who you'll be playing. Hey, it's AG, and I'll be playing Malison Kill. I believe I've just been uh, stabbed in the stomach. Good times. And Caleb Cleveland, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself and tell us who you'll be playing. Gone Conskill. Sometimes when you run to time restrictions and there just ain't no time for shitting on them, you just gotta kill yourself for daddy. And I will be your dungeon master, Joe Camacho, for this very special Ten Candles episodes. Hopefully we'll get to the conclusion of what happens to the party today. Recapping what happened last time, the group's ship was shot down by an unknown force and crashed in the middle of the woods. They awoke in the middle of an encampment by a young female named Shelly in a yellow dress. She then led them out to go and talk to Daddy. The group decided they didn't want to do that and snuck away before going back and eventually winding up meeting with Daddy after seeing a few trees trying to kill a female in a red dress named Ruby and out Malison getting stabbed in the stomach. They were then brought back to the camp of Daddy where Chud decided to stab Daddy in the chest and then Gonk decided to crush Daddy's throat. It's a lot of stabbing. A lot of daddies. (laughs) A lot of daddies. As Daddy then crumpled to the ground and laid there as Ruby screamed out. And next thing you know, Malison is laying on the floor as she hears the sounds of several feet rushing into the main house where Daddy lives. So we'll pick it up from there. Malison Kill, you are lying on the floor, bleeding pretty profusely. You've kind of packed your wounds with the medical supplies that seemed like Ruby was taking you into Daddy's house to kind of treat you. And you can hear footsteps running up the front of the mansion here, the front of this house in the center of this encampment. Uh, You don't really know where it is or where your ship's at at this point. What do you want to do? Do I still have my sharp stick? No, unfortunately, they didn't allow you to bring that after you tried to murder Ruby in the red dress there. (laughs) And she shanked you in the stomach. They didn't want you bringing any weapons. So you don't have that at the moment. So I have have nothing but my white robes on. Correct. Is it possible for me to try to stand up at least and get my footing to prepare for whoever's coming up the stairs? Easy enough, you stand up and you're still kind of holding your stomach because you're bleeding pretty bad, have a lot of pain coming from there. Am I alone in this room right now? No, you are in the main foyer area to this mansion. Gonk is standing over the crushed throat of Daddy. Chud is on the ground behind him. Grimmel is knocked out on the floor next to you because he tried to headbutt Ruby in the face and completely missed. And I believe that's where your last candle was burnt. All right. Ruby's in the room. She's a threat, right? Affirmative to a Ruby being a threat. She's already stabbed Malison, and she was able to handle Grimmel with ease. How dare you. (laughs) 
<laughs> well, Grimble's able to handle himself with ease with Much Ruby's better. expert dodging. Maybe I could go over to uh, Father's corpse and see if he's got any weapons or anything like that. Is that uh, is that something I can do? Yeah, of course. You can go over and touch Daddy all you want. Go ahead and roll me 76. <laughs> Stop with the Daddy. Ugh. So, Allison, go ahead and tell me what you rolled there. I got uh, no sixes and no ones. Well, you do have a trait left, but unfortunately you rolled no ones to re-roll a trait, so we're going to immediately lose a candle in this episode. Oh, God. We're now down to six candles. As Malison, you go over to Daddy's body and begin digging through the pockets, you slowly begin to hear a noise coming from your right-hand side. You hear noises coming from the throat. You assume that's probably just the last dying breaths of the man whose your first mate just crushed his throat. But as you're focused on digging through his pockets, I'm going to find a weapon. I got to find something. I have to save my crew. I have to save them if it's the last thing I do. Suddenly, from out of daddy's throat comes a long black tentacle, and it begins wrapping itself around your neck and begins squeezing and squeezing you then black out. Corn nuts! Some bitch in tentacles! As the rest of the men from the village rush through this front door with weapons drawn, uh, knowing that they're now outnumbered, Gonk and Chud will submit to this overwhelming odds, and you will all be placed back into your rooms, this time under lock and key in much more security. Alright, all of you soon wake up back in your rooms. Motherfucker. Damn it! I check right away to make sure that my toothbrush weapon has still remained keister stashed. So is that what you did? Is you, you stabbed daddy in the chest and then removed the toothbrush knife and then keistered it? <laughs> that doesn't sound likely. You're not finding this if I don't want you to. If you did that, I'm just going to need you to roll for it. To see if I've infected myself with daddy's bloody necks, juice, and tentacle crap in my... Ah, God. Prison changed you, Chud. I would say to see if they found it while putting you back into the room. They obviously saw daddy was stabbed, so they'd probably investigate that a little bit. I would say no one, Chud. I probably didn't put that toothbrush back in its holster. May have let that one fall. Hey, somebody check that uh, fur bulk's keister anyway. You never know. <laughs> you just don't want to subject yourself to a cow cavity search. Let me roll. I'll, I'll, <laughs> let's, let's roll to see how much searching happened. You want me to roll 66 for this? Yes, 66. Yes, you have six candles left. So I rolled 66. two ones and two sixes. All right, so you have the success since you rolled a six. So... Uh, yeah, you were able to... Do you want to keister this? Is that what you were going for? Or would you like to hide it somewhere else, Chud? You have two successes. I'll let you hide it where you want to hide it, where they can't find it. Want is a strong word. <laughs> I'm going to hide it. I think I would maybe hide it amongst my udders or in under... Understash it? Utter, underneath. 
Okay, you hide it under one of the folds of your udders as you turn away as the men are coming in and kind of stash it under there. They're unable to find it. What about the shotgun, Daddy's shotgun? Where can I stash that? Unfortunately, they're not going to... You don't really have a room to stash that unless you're <laughs> going to really take the odds here and try to keister that somehow. Pretty big udders I got. No, I guess <laughs> we're good. Don't you have like four stomachs? Can't you? <laughs> I do. I do, but they're, they're so full of dirty sharpened toothbrushes that I don't think I have room for a shotgun. Chud, the other part of your roll, though, was also you rolled two ones. Yeah. Meaning you are either going to lose two dice, or you can burn your grass trait to uh, keep those two dice for the moment. But remember, you are losing candles. There may be a different time where you want to burn your vice in order to succeed on a roll. The 66, we would be down to 46 now? Yes, but it would go back up to five once the candle was burned. Well, I guess if you think I, maybe I'll need my vice later for something more important than uh. Yeah, I think we still have a few rounds of candles to burn. All right, through. let me let me wait on that one. And, they uh, start going by faster though. We'll, we'll burn rounds. So part of the mechanic as well, you guys can see that I'm um, rolling against you right now. Every time you guys lose a candle, it gives me another dice, right? So even if you guys succeed on a roll and get a six. If I get more sixes than you guys do, you automatically fail that roll. Okay, I just want to mention I don't particularly like that mechanic. Go ahead. <laughs> Agree to disagree. <laughs> disagree. So you're going to kick us in the nuts harder with this mechanic? Uh, I, I thoroughly enjoy the mechanic because now I have 46. Unfortunately, I did not roll any sixes, so I do not find that <laughs> holster toothbrush under your titties. That's good. Now I can still practice proper oral hygiene. So, you guys are all back in your original rooms that you awoke in. This time when you guys go to open the door, though, you find that it is locked. And all of your rooms you guys know from before are adjoining. So, I would say Grimmel, you're down at the end of the hallway. Chud, you're next to him. Gonk is next to Chud. And then Malice and Kill, your room's at the very end of the opposite end of the hallway. And we have windows to our neighbor. You have windows to the outside that kind of look over the back. You guys can see you're, you're, you're kind of more towards the central end of the camp. There is a couple buildings out past the back of your guys' building. And then outside of that is the big forest area that's surrounded by brush that you guys trek through earlier when you were trying to escape. The hunting grounds, probably. Possibly, yes. Is there anything you guys want to do in your room or you just wait to be contacted? I want to brush my teeth and then use the toothbrush. I also want to try to jimmy the lock if I can, if I can get at that lock with the old sharpened toothbrush. After I rinse and repeat or floss. Naturally. You gotta you know, stay fresh even in these crazy times. Sure, go ahead and roll me 4d6 as you attempt to pick the lock. Looks like I failed. I rolled a one, but I didn't roll any sixes. Just as long as I don't break that toothbrush, because i got to <laughs> keep clean while in prison. It's one thing I learned from my last incarceration. Is to have a toothbrush that smells like butt. Titties. Titties and butt. That's right. That's not butt, that's tit dirt. got to have an udder stashed, sharpened Oral-B at all times. Oh my goodness, Chud Beasley, from your breath I can tell they've been making you eat ass for some other punishment. That's something oh. I do on my free time. <laughs> He's brushing his Damn, teeth. Joe, you rolled three sixes? What are you, the devil? Unfortunately, in this circumstance, it appears like, yes. So, Chud, 
unfortunately, you rolled no sixes and a one. So you could go ahead and burn a trait to reroll that one, but I rolled three sixes as you previously stated. So as you are jimmying the lock, you make a loud noise as your toothbrush snaps off in the lock. Oh, dang it! I broke my toothbrush in this lock while I was trying to pick it. Some bitch! I made a loud noise! And narrates his actions. Yeah, and as you do that, a nice, <laughs> handsome young man with kind of some buck teeth comes in the room with a sledgehammer and decides to say hello to you. Well, hello. You're a nice, handsome man, despite the buck teeth. What you doing with that there sledgehammer? Oh, it's my special friend. I'm going to introduce you to him. As he begins beating your arms with a sledgehammer, no! breaking both of your arms. Dang it, I don't like this friend of yours. Well, we still need you for the big hunt. The ritual ain't going to be complete without you. So, you enjoy your broken arms and we'll be seeing you in a few hours. No, I am not enjoying these. This is worse than getting kicked in the udders repeatedly, believe it or not. For the listeners that are wondering about how I'm doing relative to the last time they put me in jail. You know, they're really doing my character badly. It's kind of like how they did Han Solo. They bring him back, and then they shit on him. Anyway, uh, yeah, not feeling good. Can I roll anything to not go through more suffering? You can't roll both your arms are broken. can't even roll. <laughs> <laughs> Dang it. Uh... And then I look down and I say, my real tragedy here is my broken toothbrush. Dang it, how am I going to brush? His form with that hammer was terrible. And with that feeling of your life being shit on and being unsure in how well that keistered toothbrush was cleaned before you decided to brush your teeth, a candle burns out and fades away. You guys are now down to five candles. All right, everyone kind of hears a scuffle go on uh, about an hour ago inside of Chud's rooms, and here's Chud yelling out as loud noises and bones breaking can be heard. Oh, dang, my arms, not the left one. Oh, God. That's right, Chud. Clearly, you're the one winning this fight. You're screaming because you're beating him so bad. I'm definitely not beating nobody no more. I can't even move to get my toothbrush, y'all. Chud, bite down on something hard. I I don't know what to tell you, man. I I can't. I wish I could get over there. I think I can get to this here toothbrush. Uh, I'll bite down on its shaft. This ain't helping. My arms are still broke. Can I? I'm pretty big. Can I try to maybe break the door down with my shoulder, do that whole thing? Of course, go ahead and roll me 5d6. So, no sixes, but no ones. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. No sixes, no ones. Malice and Kill, maybe it's the loss of blood that you're experiencing doing your own medical work, and you're not really much of a physician. But as you go and run towards this door, maybe you sit up too fast. I don't know. You're a little bit dizzy. And as you run and collide with the door, you realize that you're just falling headfirst into it and have now knocked yourself out on the floor. You guys hear a loud thump from Malice and Kill's room as she collapses to the floor 
perhaps believing it's part of her rage and anger that she's just getting it out in there. Nobody really knows what happens. And with that, another candle fades away. At, at about this time, it is dark outside. You hear loud stomping coming down the hallway as several people are coming in. It's about this time that Malison, you wake up to this noise. You're bleeding now heavily from the head. Uh, you're able to treat yourself, kind of wrap yourself in a little bit of the bandage and sheets that are in the room, maybe some of your robe, to now patch this injury to your head, as, as well as the one on your stomach. All the doors open up, there's men there in front of you with the same shotguns that Daddy had, who initially stopped the fight between you and Ruby, Malison. They begin to escort you out of your rooms at gunpoint, and lead you outside of your dormitory facility and into a large central area where you can see several people dancing around a fire pit. It's a large 10 to 15 foot tall bonfire in the center of camp. I just I just have this vision, if we're going to be hunted, of Jesse with like floppy arms running around the forest with his udders like b- udders bouncing around like blah, blah, blah. I just I'm having this wonderful yeah. vision I was head. thinking of that too I think I'm probably gonna just try to get into the whole spirit of it too if they're like raving out here I, I might try to dance and flop my arms around a little bit to do a sort of Jim Carrey move where I'm trying to join their party oh this looks like a good time let me just shimmy my way over here huh how you doing? I'll try to dance floppy-armed. And as you do this, you see a young woman in a yellow dress begin to walk up and approach you that you remember as Shelly. Well, oh my gosh there, buddy. What happened to you? Uh, well, uh, I had my arm shattered by a, uh, a hillbilly with a sledgehammer. And I, I say that with all <laughs> due respect, being a hillbilly myself, I... I thought he was going to treat me a lot kinder, but uh, it wasn't uh, wasn't too nice. This has uh, not been a good trip overall. I would prefer to return home rather than be hunted. But that's why I'm trying to dance with you one last time, have some fun. Well, that that was old Cletus there. Sometimes he gets a little bit liberal with the sludge hammer, but... He didn't seem like a liberal to me. Oh, no, very conservative, you know? He, he Go Trump. Uh, well... <laughs> he did seem quite a red stater, if you get my drift. No, he... He kind of is one of the enforcers here, and I, I heard you guys had a little incident where you, you tried to hurt Daddy, and, you know, he's, you know, a little bit sensitive about that. Daddy's been really nice to him since he's not one of the smart ones. But, uh... Cried to hurt Daddy. Daddy, are you doing all right? What happened? Uh, did that is Daddy the tentacles that live within? Uh, well, yeah, Daddy has some special powers that he got from praying to some creature, and we all pray to that creature now because he protects us. And part of praying is, you know, sometimes we have to do a little bit of a hunt and uh, show the the creature that we appreciate what he does for us and where he allows us to I live. I don't like to be a judgmental sort, but y'all are mighty disgusting. <laughs> Gonk, it seemed like you wanted to do something. Yeah, I want... Uh, Gonk is uh, a little beside himself at the moment he's kind of he's like i done squeezed his neck till it popped like a water willy what the hell is you talking about i 
What what are you people? He freaks out. <laughs> well, we're all nothing, but daddy, d- daddy is everything. Uh-huh. Daddy is what holds us all together. Daddy uh, is the special force that keeps us all uh-huh. here and safe. He like edges away like six inches. That's all. Don't don't be scared there, young one. I, I know that you're just a turtle and some of these big folk people have, uh, you know, a little bit of skepticism that it might create on you. But we're all just normal, everyday people living in a nice community by ourselves. Yeah, just everyday people with tentacles living in your necks. Listen, uh, that, that... That's just daddy. You don't have to worry about that from me. That's, that's just daddy. That's just daddy. If I could make a fantasy sitcom in this here world, that would be the... T- <laughs> I was thinking the same fucking <laughs> that thing. That would be it's my... Great. That'd be the title right there. Every single... That's one, our daddy. Every, that's our daddy. Why not, why not, why not, why that's just Danny. Pop goes satanical. All right, Dan. I don't remember that much murder on the TGIF lineup on Fridays. <laughs> oh, well. Nobody's perfect. Except for that time uh, Urkel Tonight, snapped. after Family Matters, it's <laughs> That's Just Daddy. Urkel kills Sorry. Carl. <laughs> Starring Gonk as all the fathers. Oh, God. Shelly will walk back over to Gonk. Well... Can I at least help you out with all this pain and trouble to your arms there? Sorry, she'll walk back over to Chud. Yeah, I was wondering where you're going. Gonk's fine. Yeah, uh, I, I, I would sometimes love... I just get you two mixed up. I mean, both of you are just so so handsome creatures, you know? Well, thank you. We're pards, but uh, yeah, I would love... They're both fighting favorites. <laughs> I would, I'd love any help you can give me for these floppy arms. Otherwise, I'd like... This is the only time I will allow that uh, Gunk actually pulls like a Mitch McConnell shy little smile, whereas like his <laughs> gross, his, his his beak his beak like slowly sort of like wor- works his way down and turns into is a Mitch little a, shy grin. Is Mitch Sorry, McConnell I'm, I'm a turtle? It could be. Absolutely not. He is one hundred percent. Gunk's patching the cor- that is cor- it. He is cor- <laughs> I'll pack your cork. So, <laughs> to answer your question, yes, I'd love it if you could help me with my flopping arms or give me a. Maybe a part-time job as one of those wacky, inflatable arms selling cars on the freeway, guys. I could use a job doing that, or if you got an ointment, some kind of unguent, that could kind of put down on these things. Maybe a slang or two. I could use two slangs. Well, sure, you can follow me right on over here. We can have a seat and I can patch you up while we wait for Daddy to come out to talk to all of us. Oh, God damn it. It's always good news, bad news with y'all. No, 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 no. Slow down there, Chud. I I happen to agree with uh, with what... Uh, I'm, I'm going to assume that I'm partially telepathic with uh, with with Mal. I do think that the uh, the wacky, wobbly arm thing is uh, a salve for the current horror of our situation. I think that uh, we need to... I think we need to keep some levity in it. And, uh, you know, your personal pain aside... I think uh, just watching you uh, wave your arms around like a couple of wet noodles is just, uh, I think that's a sad way yeah, for this Yeah, that sounds situation. great, Gunk. Why don't, they, why don't you let them just smash your arms with a sledgehammer? I'm going to go going well, over here with... I'm not no journey come lately. I'm not going to... You don't play the old joke. I'm going to let little joke. Miss Sunshine here treat my arms, and you can do what you want with yours. Fine. I'm going to weigh... And Chud is walked away from you with Shelly. They go and sit near the bonfire. There's a small table there. You can see she begins putting dressings on Chud's arms, kind of packing his wounds. They're going to turn him into brisket. I just know it. What is this? Is this, is this pastrami seasoning? <laughs> <laughs> what are you putting on my, on my brazos? 
That's arms, isn't it? This is that's just something for later. No, no, no. This is Mrs. Dash. Fantasy Mrs. Dash. Uh, I like Old Bay. If you got any of that Old Bay seasoning. Yeah. This is just a salt-based dry rub that's supposed to help uh, seal the wounds and keep it from getting infected. God damn it. <laughs> I knew it was a dry rub. Mr. Bingsley, it smells delicious. Well, I do. Put, I put a little bit of Worcestershire under my chin. I wouldn't call that Worcestershire. I call that the best of I feel like this is the scene in Bugs Bunny where they where Bugs is like bathing in the <laughs> in pot. The, in the and kettle. And he's cutting <laughs> the carrots up into it. Going, mm, he slowly like works his bottom into the he, his little fluffy tail into the, <laughs> while they're reading uh. a book that says like rabbit recipes on it and he's like rabbit recipe yeah do that Chud do have a thing it's Chud season it's Daddy season it's Chud season it's Daddy season well right now it's uh it's Chud season he's he's getting seasoned yeah I guess I let her season my arms uh, the rest of you are kind of led at gunpoint to the center of the circle. You're in eyesight of Chud, but you guys are kind of near the fire at this point. Can I wave one floppy arm at them? Hi, y'all! You do great, Chud. I give him a dwarven middle finger. Yeah, that's inappropriate. But culturally, appropriate. <laughs> it's a dwarven middle finger. <laughs> it's, it's hard to see. you got to zoom in. It's a stubby little thing. And hands. Yeah. <laughs> As you guys sit there, soaking in your surroundings, dealing with the impending doom of the situation. Can I ask for any advice from Shelly? Like, Shelly, do you know how to survive one of these hunts? Typically, the last one alive gets to stay alive, you know? They'll be celebrated, they'll be cherished, and they will be one of the honored few of the community. Everybody else dies, is what you're saying? Well, everyone else can die. I mean, you see Cletus there? Yeah, I see him. He's the one with the hammer. Yeah, he's the one with the—he's a nice gentleman with the hammer. I disagree. He actually was one of the lucky few who didn't win the competition. I would say that's three or four seasons ago. Um, and he's still around, and he's just as happy as can be. He's got his little hammer, and he does whatever Daddy tells him to do, and he lives a great life. Okay, how come they chose to keep him around, and he—but he, even after he lost? Well, that was Cletus's choice. I mean, he had a choice between death or life, and he chose life. And Daddy bestowed life upon him, the greatest he's ever seen. Okay. He's always been kind of slow then. That's not like a new thing. That didn't come from Daddy. That wasn't a Daddy gift kind of sort of situation. Nobody did to his head with the hammer what he did to your arms. Good question. Thank you, Grandma. (laughs) No, Cletus was always as happy as can be. I mean, Daddy may have slowed him down a little bit just so, you know, we don't get the constant revolt. Oh, so Daddy sledgehammered his noggin. Oh, no, Daddy just, you know... I think Daddy took them in the back room, and they'd had a little fun, and then they came out, and Cletus was very subservient. That is the worst sentence I've ever heard. I just want to <laughs> point that out. I'm with you there, Mr. Bingsley. It was horrifying beyond all Halloween terrors. What's wrong with having a little fun with Daddy? That's just... A, oh, my God, he keeps saying it. She keeps saying it. Says it again and again, that phrase. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Shelly, are you aware that words that come out your mouth? Are you are you doing a Tobias? Is that what you're doing? <laughs> are you upset because I love my daddy? And he loves me something fierce? Is he your real father? Or is he like a some sort of tentacle monster that birthed you? Or or are you just worship your daddy? What is the real relationship here? Is he your paterfamilias? 
Oh, no, he's my real daddy. Yeah, yeah. I was born here on this commune. I don't think my mom survived the birth. I don't have any memory of her. And I was raised by all the women of this community, just like all the daughters of this community are. <laughs> takes a village. Takes a village. It, it does. It really does, you know? Well, okay, so you're saying that the, that uh, when it comes down to it, we could choose life or death, probably. If, the, if daddy's going to kill us, we could say, hey, we'd like to be like that simpleton with the hammer and stick around. Pal around, hunt other people. Would that uh, is that how that works, or? Chud, I think he means by uh, he's got. If we if we survive to the last, he gonna uh, uh, take us in the back room, Dale, and uh, supplant our normal life with uh, gross, sticky black tentacle life. Dang it, that sounds worse than death. I'll be honest with you. Um, well, I only have an intelligence of eight, so I could nope, be wrong. You, I think you nailed it right on the head. Suicide pact. Yeah, suicide. <laughs> That's a good... <laughs> suicide pact, yes, you foist. I try to choke on one of my floppy arms. I'll kill myself, then you. <laughs> no, I guess we're done with this interview. I appreciate all the help, Shelly. Thank you for seasoning me, I guess. Thank you for the dry rub. I do hope you survive. I mean, I really like you, Mr. Cowman. I mean, if, I, if you survive and choose to live, you know... I, I really would look forward to having a nice, perfect husband like you. Wow. This uh, stays looking up. She was described as a teenager. Careful, Mr. Bingsley. Oh, this stays complicated. All right. <laughs> uh, I will see you later. Not. I don't know. I guess I'll be probably dying. But if I come back and live, then I still probably want to escape. Okay, shut the fuck up for a second. Uh, Daddy's about to come out of the house, y'all. Boo. Boo. With that, <laughs> you feel a buttstock of a shotgun ram against the back of your head, Grimmel Stonebreaker, as you begin to boo for Daddy, as everyone begins chanting and cheering and raving for Daddy as he begins exiting the main house and approaching the central fire pit. You can see Daddy has some sort of apparatus on his neck, and he's just a stream of black and red liquid is pouring from the sides of his mouth as he walks up to the front of this fire and begins addressing the audience. Daddy is horrified. Zoinks. Guys, don't boo. It's not well received here. Apparently not. You know, by the way, I just want to point out one thing when you look at Daddy and all that stuff. It really does highlight the need for good oral hygiene, y'all. I mean, you need to floss and brush every day. Otherwise, your gums might bleed like our disgusting daddy father yeah. over here. Don't be a yuck mouth. Don't do that. <laughs> floss. <laughs> floss, y'all. Daddy's got them cavity creeps. Well, welcome, everyone, to the annual hunt. Unfortunately, my throat was a little damaged earlier. Fist bump, gonk. But we'll still be having the hunt. Can I laugh and point at him when he's trying to talk? Uh, of course you can. Go ahead. <laughs> As you okay. laugh and point, you then feel a shotgun butt against the back of your head as you are now on the floor bleeding profusely from the back of your head as well as the front of your head from smashing it against the door. Ah, nice. She loves that CTE, that one. You're only making her stronger. <laughs> <coughs> <laughs> we made Joe <laughs> on his blood. Oh, sweet Joe Jesus. Blood. 
<laughs> Not all voices, so this voice is dangerous, Joe. You're, you're flying too close uh, to the sun, Icarus. It ain't easy being a tentacle monster. Uh, no, not at all. Sounds like somebody needs a cold glass of wholesome milk. This is the reason this needs to be a video podcast. These are the podcast injuries nobody talks about. As you guys can see, this year we have some of the best contestants to sacrifice for the hunt. Gonk looks around. Oh, damn. And then he smacks himself in the face. Talk about us. Yeah. Yeah. I hate this daddy fellow. As you can see, they're even able to take down daddy for a short time. But do not worry, everyone. I will still be able to pray to the Lord for another great year of harvest. What time of year is it, anyway? Is it sort of like in the middle of the summer? Is that what you're trying to tell us? It could be midsummer. You never know. He still has to talk that way. That's great. He's answering personal questions now. Yeah, that's good. Yes, I address my captives and treat them with respect when I can. I was wondering if you needed like a neck, you know, some kind like a soviet or something, because you're you're drooling out the sides there, oh fella, and it it's uh probably all Greek to you, isn't it, though, Mister Gingivitis? You know. Let's. Your character work is amazing. He looks like me when I go to the dentist. Yeah, guys, I appreciate you making me continuing to do this. <laughs> no, keep going. You're doing great. <laughs> doing good, Daddy. Now rinse. With that being said, Cletus, will you please arm our sacrifices to our Lord? And with that, Cletus walks up and hands each of you a dagger, and he then wipes blood on each of your guys' forehead. To Malison, he takes some of the blood from underneath your bandage and gives you a straight line from the middle of your forehead down your nose to your chin. Hardcore. To Gonk, he walks up and places a circle of blood around the outer perimeter of his face, and then from his nose over his mouth, he does a short line from the nose down to his chin. He walks up to Chud. We meet again. He pulls two lines of blood from both ears um, all the way to his mouth and then a line from the top of his mouth all the way to the middle of his forehead. He then walks up to Grimmel Stonebreaker and does a triangle pattern without the bottom from his left cheek all the way to the middle of his forehead down to his right cheek again. Are you making us all icons on the PlayStation controller? What is going on? Giving a dwarf a dagger? You are crazy. I'll be drumming this into countless one of your children. We'll see how that goes. My children might still surprise you. Oh, God. Swallow. Yeah, please. (laughs) Yes, I didn't think you could become more unsightly or unpleasant to even mention, but here we are. Yeah, My my arms are floppy as hell. You're still more gross than me. Yeah, somebody tell Daddy to swallow. Oh, don't. No, no. (laughs) Cletus, hey, Daddy, you should swallow. (laughs) To keep this fair, the hunt does not use these firearms that we like to use for our normal hunt. You will be hunted down like dogs should you choose to try to flee this Y'all area. Hunt dogs? You're the worst. I hate these people. But the last one of you alive will be the victor and can choose to stay in this community if you want. Sweet, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> 
hope you die first, young lady. I really do. It sure has been great being here, sir. Get on with it. Yeah. Would that be said? Thanks for the sour persimmons, cousin. Sloppy some bitch. You all have a 15-minute head start, so I suggest you take that now and get going. All right, she in hell. Do we, like, split up? Or are they sh- suggesting that we all head off in the same direction? Or? We just stand there for 15 minutes. <laughs> Everyone in this community turns and looks at all of you. They just begin staring as you stand there with knives in your hand. You're still surrounded by gentlemen with shotguns. We've been waiting for the opportunity to leave. We finally got that. If they want to come get stabbed by a, with some knives, they can come follow us. But let's get the hell out of here. We finally have our opportunity. Fair enough. Uh, but uh, just one th- last thing before we head off into the woods to our certain doom. Uh, this is a message to all y'all except for Daddy. Uh, I will be shitting on him. Just so you know. <laughs> yeah, and while uh, while we got all eyes on us, I just want to give y'all one last thing. And I, I try to flop my arms up with two middle fingers to the whole crowd and try to flop them left to right to give them a floppy middle finger salute to this whole village. Gonk, Gonk offers his assistance to hold up your... Uh, Thank you. Your... Hold up my birds, Gonk. These are for y'all, you sons of guns. That's right. You got both barrels. Enjoy. <laughs> Let's go. This year's hunt is gonna be a good one. And by the way, your ship is over yonder. And he begins to point westward and you can kind of see smoke billowing up from several miles away in the forest. Dickhead. Uh, it, it looks like normal campfires at that time. You better not have hurt, dickhead. I swear to Morden. Sweet dickhead, I hope you're all right. Sweet, beautiful dickhead. You better be safe or else I, I'm brewing up some special toys for you, Mr. Daddy. Time's wasting. All right, we start moving out. Mr. Bingsy, we're going to have to lose your delicious scent if we're going to escape. Uh, go ahead and talk amongst yourselves. I'm going to change my shirt. He's <laughs> so wet. <laughs> He's, uh, need to get himself a bill. He's so wet. What are you doing, Matt Mercer? Yeah. What are you wow. doing, Griffin what? McElroy? Are you doing that? Yeah. That was exactly. I'll tell you what they're doing. Phoning it in. That's what they. That's podcast. what they are. That was. <laughs> yeah. This guy sacrificed his wardrobe. Really? This was just true for, commitment. That's exactly dedication right. to the craft. So, with that, you have a 15-minute head start. Are you guys choosing to head towards the ship? What is your kind of group decision here? What do you guys think? Should we try to head towards the ship? Yeah, I think we might as well. I mean, he, he pointed in that direction. Maybe he... Uh, or it could be a know, trap. Like there It could, could be, be a trap. But, you know, last time we tried to go our own way, and just to, it, just, it just hasn't worked out. Should we stick together, then, and just try to fight off whoever we can? I saw this movie, Surviving the Game, where Ice-T turns the table on his pursuers and sets a series of traps. Does anybody good at survival? Oh, that was with Fantasy Rutger Howard. It was, it was. It was a delightful movie. I like that trap in Predator when it makes the big log come down and smash the Predator's head. Make some booby Maybe we can make one of those. But yeah, I say we stick together because we can all fight a lot better if we're together and my arms don't work, by the way. Chud does have a point. He is next to useless. Do my arms work at all, by the way, Joe? I would say the one that Shelly 
patched up, which would be your dominant arm, whichever one that is. You have your hand kind of functioning back, and it's kind of patched up. You can kind of move it up and down, but I wouldn't say you can hold significant weight with it or anything. Okay. I could lightly jab with my right. That's about all I can do, y'all. Yeah, I guess we run toward the toward the smoking wreckage of our ship. Onward. As you all begin taking off, you hear loud cheers and screams coming from the center of this camp around the bonfire as everyone begins to praise Daddy and you all know that the hunt is on. You can hear slow chants begin to come from the yells and screams. Everything just turns into a slow, methodical chant. And if one of you were to look back, you would see they are all now on the ground bowing to Daddy you can see that there are three females in dresses that are approaching Daddy. They happen to be yellow, blue, and red, and they seem to be getting some sort of blessing from Daddy as you all enter the forest. Maybe if we trick them into saying Daddy backwards, we win. Oh. We really should have got his full name, you know, at some point, (laughs) just so we could refer to him somehow other than that. So as we're running, so is agreed, if we survive this, we are definitely coming back to kill Daddy and every one of them, correct? That's happening? One handy percent. You guys actually know that the last name is Greystone. I don't believe you guys got the first name. I too remember his last name. But you know it's the Greystone Manor that you guys were at, or the Greystone Compound. The elder Mr. Greystone? I will return just to kill Mr. Greystone, yes. But I won't call him that other name no more. So as you guys continue this conversation, you are now entering the forest line. As you continue running through there, you guys get back to that thicket of sharp, dangerous thorns that are razor sharp that you didn't traverse last time. So this is just a barrier to, to in between us and... Correct. Uh, Shoot. The direction of the ship, basically? Yes. Thoughts, anyone? Do I see any torches anywhere? You saw some back in the town area. There was torches kind of lit on the sides of buildings. And we're all past that. You're past that. I mean, you could always double back. No, no. Do I see any staircases that lead over these thorns? You see a couple trees that if they were positioned in the right way might be able to make a halfway decent bridge across these things. Y'all, what do you think? You want to try to scale these trees and leap over these thorns? Yeah, we could try that. And we all have daggers, but we could also, I, I believe the last time we were here, I was able to pull one of these branches out and have a pretty good weapon made oh, out of it too. That's right. So maybe we could double arm ourselves before we traipse over these things with the tree bridge. We could. Uh, I'd love to be double armed, but I only got one functional arm. You could you could titty stash your dagger. Mm. Well, we could just put one in your mouth there. I could put thorns under my breasts. My, <laughs> I think I'm good on that. But y'all go ahead and cut some thorns. I, maybe I'll scope out these trees and see which one looks uh, scalable. Am I still separated from my ancestral abilities to like call down like lightning and or anything like that? You in fact are. Chud feels no connection to his magic. You feel no connection to any of your ancestral rage or anything like that. Yeah, that's a bummer. We could cut a bunch of these thorns off and set them... Bury them under some leaves. Maybe they'll step on them. Or I could very slowly hack down one of these trees and use it as a bridge or something. One of you decide on a plan and go ahead and roll 4d6 for me. Maybe I could like dig a little trench in the ground with my dagger and maybe one of you guys get some thorns and we'll put it in there, like uh, Mal said, and then the others can kind of try to deal with the tree and getting over it. 
I certainly can't climb a tree with one arm, I wouldn't think. Let's do it. There you go. I mean, Gonk is a Gonk is strong. Gremel's not too bad in strength. Maybe we'll. Malison's huge. Well, I'll go ahead and roll to cut down some cut some thorns off of this stuff to to put in the yeah. path. So if anyone follows us, they step on them. Is it four d six? Yes, roll me four d six, please. All right, I finally got a six. <laughs> you got one six and one one. You. Do you have your justice virtue left? Should you want to re-roll that one? Or you guys will be down to 3d6. Yeah, burn the dice. Okay, you guys are now down to 3d6. As Malison, you begin cutting, spending your time as the others figure out how to get over or through these razor-sharp bushes, you begin cutting the limbs from it and setting a trap around it, hiding them in places where... It's not commonly going to be seen, covering it with different types of brush and leaves. You now feel very successful that anyone tracking you, if they follow your passive travel, are going to be injured by these. Nicely done. Would it be possible for Gonk to try and hack his way through? He would, like, put the uh, dagger in his beak and use his claws to try and, like, hack his way through the thorns. Yeah, go ahead and roll 3d6 for me. Watch out, those thorns are sharp! Two twos and a one. Gonk, you have already burned your virtue and your vice, so you cannot re-roll that one that you rolled. Uh, With that, you begin hacking away. You do actually clear quite a large clearing through these razor-sharp vines for the rest of your party, but it cost a heavy toll on you. Your arms are ripped to shreds from these as you are now leaving a massive blood trail on the ground as you guys all take off through this. It takes you guys a good, almost the 15-minute head start that you have to get through this first obstacle. And as you guys are running through this, trying to treat Gonk for his wounds, you hear the snapping of your trap and hear a female's voice yell out in pain, and two other female voices yell out in sympathetic pain to treat one of their sisters as they've fallen down and are now injured. You you feel like the trap bought you a little bit of time, but you're going to be a lot easier to track as Gonk's bleeding everywhere you guys are running now, as a candle burns away. Great, great job. Great job on that, and then snares, Mal. Do we have to roll to try to patch him up, or...? No, don't, don't do it. Easily enough, you guys are able to patch him up, if that was your main goal here. But he's bleeding through the bandages. He pretty much cut up his entire body, getting you guys through there. Well done, Master Toto. Gonk, bam. We're like two useless arm brothers. Yeah, do any of us know enough medical, uh... Or I guess everybody's really pretty fucked up. I guess we just keep running, huh? Well, I'm, I'm not entirely sure that's for the best. If any of them got dogs or anything other, any any abilities to track blood, uh, we, they're gonna catch us up real fast. Gonk sort of, like, gets this steely look in his eye. He's like, I, th- I think we ought to split up. You guys head to the ship. And I'll head either right or left. See if I can buy you guys some time. Mr. Holskin, I, I appreciate the sacrifice, but I was given specific instructions by Moradin himself to keep you safe. If any word he will be distracting him, it'll be me. I, I appreciate the NPC-ness of, of your statement there, sir. No man left behind, Gunk. Not a man. I think we should do a, a set another trap, though. If they're going to follow the blood trail, we know exactly where they're going to go. Let's put a trap. I ain't going to make it easy for them, but whatever you want us to do, that should. If I'm RPing, 
Gremmel. I, I can't save you guys from dying, but I think he'd pull like a Billy from Predator. And <laughs> uh, tell you guys to, to keep going. You're going to cut your chest? To, to tell you guys to keep going and uh, say, I'll, I'll handle them. It's just a couple of lasses. It'll take a lot more than that to take uh, Moradin's prized fighter down. Can I roll to try to do something to staunch the wounds so that they're just not bleeding everywhere? Yeah, squirt milk on them. That'll work. You are able to do it if you guys spend time not running and you're allowing the, the people to catch up to you, you can do that. But they are going to get closer and closer to you. Yeah, I think we no, should keep, keep running. running. Keep running, running. Alright, as you guys continue to take off Grimmel, are you staying with the party? Grimmel will take his shirt and use it while we're talking, and he's trying to patch up Gonk. Damn, Grimmel, you ripped. Ah, thank you. It's low-carb. I'm in a cut phase. No, he's going to take Gonk's shirt that's now soaked with blood, try to lead them off a little bit, but at the same time, not too far off. He's going to be there to, uh, he wants to be caught. He wants to uh, buy them time. Okay, go ahead and roll me three D6. Three threes, which is a six and a half. Lame to the third power. Not that it matters, but I got three <laughs> sixes. Fucker. God. Can I trade your dice? Seriously, trade me dice. What the fuck? You all had ten dice in the beginning, and uh, <laughs> I had zero, so. Gremel will, uh, with his shirt off now, because that's canon, is going to run the knife across his chest. <laughs> and you hear a. Oh, 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 oh. And just like in Predator. Bollocks! That is all you hear from Gremel Stonebreaker is a loud scream from behind you, and he is not heard from again or seen by the rest of the party. Damn, so he was killed by the predator. Or whatever is chasing you. Anytime. And with that, a candle fades away. You guys are now down to two candles. Up in front of you, as you guys continue running, becomes a large cliff face. Down below you is a large flowing river that seems to continue westbound, but you seem to be approximately 75 to 100 feet up in the air. You mean on, on a cliff? Can we jump into the water? You can certainly try to do that, yes. What do you all think? How wide is it again? The river is about 50 feet wide, and it looks fairly deep enough from this point to jump into. You are obviously 75 to 100 feet up in the air, gauging by where you're at. You can hear the sounds of brush and thickets breaking behind you. It seems like they're catching up, and they're quickly following Gonk's blood trail to your location where you're at now. Can we climb down to the water, or is that is it something where it's either you jump or you don't? Uh, yes, it's a cliff face, so you guys can climb down it if, that, if you choose to. Is that what you all choose to do? What do you guys think? I, I figure it's time to jump. Might as well. Yeah, we play some Van Halen. Rest in peace, Eddie. Go ahead and jump. Go ahead, jump. And we, uh, can we all take our floppy, broken, bleeding, non-functional hands and just jump off all of us holding hands here? <laughs> ah, thumb on the wheeze. You do. You all jump off together, kind of using yourselves to kind of brace the impact and help each other swim since you're all severely injured. And as you jump, you look back and you can see three women, one in a red dress, one in a blue dress, and one that appears to be kind of in tears as she's following the other ones. Look at you all as you jump off the cliff. Can I give her the finger on the way down? Can I give him? I say we all give him a finger. Oh, the people on the outside of the three, yeah, we all kind of give a finger. Okay, you flip everyone off, and Chud, you swear as you do that, you see that young lady in the yellow dress, Shelly. The tears stop flowing from her eyes, and 
She has no more remorse for what has to be done. As you all splash down into the water, it's freezing at this point. That's how powerful the finger is. Your finger specifically, since she kind of professed her love for you in that that moment. So wait, they survived their confrontation with (laughs) Gremble? They predatored (laughs) Gremble. Yes, they are all covered in what you presume to be the blood of Grimmel. Malison, you can see the girl in the blue dress as she steps out is kind of limping. You believe that has kind of slowed her down from your trap you set earlier. And you all have now splashed down into the bottom of this water. And are you letting the river carry you, or what are you guys doing? I say we let we save the energy and let the river carry us away from these folks. Is it carrying us westward? It is. The river kind of winds a little bit, but it is carrying you westward. It's after about 20 or 30 seconds that you hear two splashes come from behind you. And you see a flash of yellow and a flash of red as it enters the water. Hell death, preserve me. You guys all continue swimming. Gonk, you have a little bit of a slight advantage being your kind of native habitat. And you're able to pull the other two along, especially Chud, who is, has two broken arms. I'm not a strong swimmer. This river ends up leading to a lake that's fairly large in size. You can see smoke billowing probably at least a good mile away from you at this point, which what you believe to be possibly the crash site that Daddy had pointed out to you. You're kind of floating in the middle of this lake where the river comes out into it. What do you all decide to do? I guess we got to keep swimming. Just keep swimming. I'm going to swim as fast as I can towards the west bank of the lake and uh, then catch my breath while the while my comrades uh, clamber out as best I can anyway. I follow as well as I can. I'm doggy paddling. Gonk, as you are helping Chud out of the water, you can see that the two females in the dresses are not bad swimmers themselves. They're not quite as good as you, but they seem to be accustomed to swimming in water, if not this exact same lake on a daily basis. As you begin pulling them out, they're about a good five-minute swim away from you guys. They've caught up significantly to where you guys were at. And as you begin coming out of the water, you hear cracking and snapping twigs coming from fairly close off to your east side. Oh, dang, what's what's the noise to the east? I hear cracking, snapping twigs. Mal, what what do your giant ass eyes see? Do I roll to look? As you go and look out, you can see a woman in a blue dress kind of circling you through the bushes. You're a a fairly tall person, so you're able to get this height advantage over the other two, and you catch a glint of her dress moving through the thicket. Ambush! No, that that am tree over there. That that ambush. He points to a bush. Does she signal to the rest of us? Do we all know? Well, Malison can communicate this to you guys, but she's moved around to your path of travel should you guys decide to continue going towards what you believe is the down ship, the minute where it's going to be, and then you have the other two females a couple minutes behind you guys swimming through the lake to get to your location. (sighs) All right. Uh, uh, Gonk is uh, a little winded, but he's uh, still doing okay. He's like, uh, and he offers to uh, slow down the the pursuers so that uh mal and uh chud can uh you know just to buy them some time so that they can get closer to the minutes it seems like it's a fairly straightforward shot now i think i i would not let you do that i think we should all go go for it if we come across this one lady in the blue dress we can we can fight her we gotta stick together 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 so be it all right 
So does, do you tell us that there's a lady in a blue dress? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. I, I thought I thought that was assumed. <laughs> just... There's a lady in a blue dress? Okay, so she's coming up ahead. Uh, maybe we can ambush her. Mm, clever girl. Yeah. Can we go in the brush, maybe to the side, and then uh, try to surprise attack her? Ooh. Of course, how are you guys going to surprise attack her? With my dagger! I'm going to bleed on her. So all of you guys are going to go out of view and into the bush and then try to surprise attack her? That's it. One of you go ahead and then roll me 2d6. 2d6? Damn. I guess I'll... Do it, Chud. I rolled a 6 and a 5, y'all. And I rolled two 6s, no 1s. Some bitch! So, yes, you guys are able to move around. Kind of gonk is the last one to go, kind of stays in the line of sight of where you where Malison last saw the female in the blue dress. With that, Chud and Malison are able to sneak around and pounce up on top of the girl in blue. Malison goes in and tackles her to the ground. Chud, your mouth is really the only place where you can keep a knife. At this point, with any effectiveness, you kind of put it in your mouth handle first and run and jump on top of this female in the blue dress and begin stabbing her repeatedly. Oh, this is a gruesome scene, but listen, it's self-defense. No, you're, you're holding the, t- the dagger in your mouth, buddy, so it would be more like a... There's a gruesome scene, but it's all in self-defense. There we go. That's my foley work. And then I stab, stab like this with a dagger betwixt my teeth, like the night at the Roxbury. Gonk, you move up and help pin down this girl in the blue dress as you begin holding her arms as Malison begins holding her legs and Chud begins to work away at her with a knife. You feel there was probably a much easier way to do this, but the guy with no arms (laughs) rolled the dice. So this is how it's happening. (laughs) Hey, I rolled a six. Yeah, and unfortunately for you, I rolled two sixes. Damn it. So as you were on top of this girl in blue, stabbing her repeatedly... It had to be done. Sounds bad when you say it like that. Gonk and Malison, you are covered in a wave of blood. And guilt. (laughs) As a hand comes across Chud's throat with a knife and slits it as all the blood from his body begins draining all over you. Oh, Claude, have mercy. Is this the end of Chud? I don't have a bottle of water, but I'd like to do that gargling sound that you did. My neck. Can anybody help you, boy? I'm going to have one last smoke before I die. I'm about to die, but I just want to point out I never did give up my vice. You did never give up your vice. Would you... I mean, you didn't roll a one, so you can't really do anything. So, you still have your vice. I'm going to enjoy my vice with my last breath is what I'm going to do. I light up some grass. You light up that grass and you have a great smoke. Smoking through my slit neck because I don't learn nothing like Bill Burr said. Oh, God. It's called a stoma. Thank you. As the woman in yellow hovers over you and watches the life of someone she thought she could have a relationship with fade out of his eyes and she closes your eyes and a candle burns away. I think you got off easy there, Chud. Some bitch. Malison and Gonk, you guys are down to your last candle. You can see this woman in yellow mourning over the loss of Chud, kind of giving you guys a way out as the girl in the blue dress is now dead on the ground in front of you all. 
you do not see the woman in red in, around you guys, and you believe the crashed ship, the minute, is probably a mile off to your west. All right, let's take the way out, right? You both begin running towards the minute. As you continue running through the forest, the flames are getting brighter and brighter, and you start to hear sounds of people working, sounds of hammering, sounds of dipshit talking and yelling over to Andre the Giant. It's Dickhead! Yeah, you hear Greville's voice from, like, it's from the Dickhead! Spirit. It's Dickhead! In an echo! Dickhead! Dickhead! I second that. That's my spirit. It says it's dickhead, not dickhole or whatever. So you hear dickhead uh, yelling back and forth with Andre the Giant. It seems like dickhead, he's still got that same whiny little bitch voice, but it seems like he's got some newfound confidence, like he's kind of taken a little bit of a, a leadership role in the absence of a captain being there. You can also hear the voices of two unknown gentlemen with what we would recognize as a little bit of a southern draw communicating back and forth with them. And you are about to enter the clearing through them when you see a female in a red dress slide in between both of you and the minute. She has a necklace around her neck with a purple gem which is swirling with two white lights kind of buzzing around inside in a circular pattern. God damn it. How about I try to attack this girl in the red dress and gonk, you scream ahead at our friends on the minute to help. You got it. Andre's on that ship. Help! Yeah, do I have my, uh, do I have my powers over Andre still? He's still in love with you, canonically. Yes. So yes, he's, he's still a part of your crew. He's been in love with you for a long time, so... So maybe I should shout ahead to see if I can get Andre the Giant's attention. Yes, manipulate his emotions. And Gonk, do you want to engage this female in the red dress? I sure do. How do you do that? He charges her with a deafening reptilian roar, claws outstretched, beak open. He is going to lunge straight at her, holding her arms down, and he's going to basically just do a King Kong on her face uh, with his vicious uh, razor-sharp beak. Go ahead and roll 1d6 for me. You got it. King Kong on her face. Are you familiar with the movie? The Peter Jackson one? Yeah. I rolled a, <laughs> I rolled a nothing. I rolled a two. Well, it doesn't matter if I know that movie or not now anyway. <laughs> As Malison runs by, she doesn't even give a single fuck about her. Her eyes are locked in on you for what you did to Daddy. You could feel the emotion in her screams earlier when you did that to daddy and as that yell went out in the center of that mansion and her, all that anger, all that hate is all directed at you now. As you go in and come to smash in her face, she's able easily enough to slide around you. She brings that knife across your stomach as you feel your entrails begin to kind of come out of you. You catch them for a second and hold them in as she comes from behind you daddy owns this throat now and she slices your throat as you collapse to the ground thump all right i raise my hands in the air and go i survived i get to live with the freaks for the rest of the life andre beat their ass (laughs) (laughs) you're a wrestling giant your powers don't rely on magic so as that happens your last candle fades away but we're just going to keep one candle for the moment till we resolve what happens with malice and kill Malison, as you run through this clearing, I imagine you are screaming for Andre at this point. 
I am. You can hear Andre's voice, and it appears to be a little bit heightened. At this point, he appears to be arguing with, uh, or yelling back and forth with some men with a southern draw. These men are yelling, Look, surrender now, and you don't have to die, you sons of bitches. Can I yell, Andre, kill him? There will be no survivors. And he just, like, goes bazonkers on them. As he begins to go bazonkers and rush them, they pull out two shotguns and let loose into him. No! (laughs) Not Andre! Not Andre! Andre collapses to the ground in front of the two males. One of them walks up to do the coup de gras as they see Malison yelling coming out of the bushes. Malison, you are looking now at your downed crewmate, Andre the Giant. They are walking up to possibly finish him off. It looks like that way to you. And you can kind of see Dickhead in the corner, not sure about what to do at this point. What would you like to do? I want to tell the uh, hillbillies to halt. I am the remaining survivor of the hunt. I am one of you. Halt. All right, now we'll halt. We don't. We don't want us to finish off your little friend here. That's not a problem. Oh, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> You're the lone survivor, then. The girls didn't make it. Best I can tell, they're still still alive and behind me. And with that, you see that they are right behind you, as Ruby. <laughs> they're and- right behind me, aren't they? <laughs> These dumb three bitches, Jesus Christ, they're right behind me, aren't they? They're right there. As Ruby and Shelly take their steps out of the forest, as you turn back and look at Ruby, you can see a third swirling white light inside of her necklace now. Okay, so every time she kills somebody, their spirits live in in her necklace? It's easy enough to presume, but what would you like to do about everything going on right now? Fuck. Uh... <clears throat> I'm I'm wondering if, if, if I'm able to get this necklace and break it, can I bring my friend back to life? You don't know. It's a chance you could always try to take. Yeah, but I'm also the survivor. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad that you have your priorities in order. I'm just so, it's so refreshing. I still have my justice virtue, and I love you guys. So uh, I'm going to have to, uh, let's see. What, what, what just happened with Andre the Giant? He was shot several times with guns that these two hillbilly gentlemen that you described had, and he... F- I have a socking chest wound. One of them was about to walk up and uh, finish him off by shooting him in the head when you walked into this clearing. You can see Dickhead kind of alarmed by everything that's gone on in front of him. What do you guys think? I don't think I can take this girl by myself, and I, Andre is dying. I don't think I can save him. Dickhead is useless. <laughs> <laughs> useless dickhead. Step up, dickhead. He's hearing in his head. Step up, you piece of shit. Okay, can I? Can, how, how close is the girl with the three white lights in her necklace to me? She is about five feet behind you, and she's off to your right. The girl in the yellow is about five feet behind you, off to the left. All right, last chance hotel here. I'm going to I'm going to lunge for the girl with the three lights in her necklace to try to grab it off her neck and smash it onto the ground. Go ahead and roll 1d6 for me. Oh, <laughs> 1d6. Use the Yee, use the force yikes. medicine. You I believe the force. in you. That is Half a not going to do it. Do not 
Yeah. You get half of them. Okay, maybe use your targeting <laughs> guide. Don't use the force. Use the targeting system. And with that, rolling a three, you go to lunge for this necklace. Perhaps it's all the blood loss from your stomach from being stabbed by Ruby earlier. Or perhaps it's the multiple head injuries that you've had during this entire time. Or perhaps it's just you're too goddamn exhausted. You're too goddamn tired from being chased around by all these freaking psychopaths. You miss. And you feel the knife once again plunge into you. This time into your chest. And you collapse to the floor and are looking straight up into the air. I tried. (laughs) That's going to go on my gravestone, too. And with that, the last candle goes out. Snuffed out. I tried, fellas. With that, Dickhead, seeing what has happened to his captain, he takes off, runs, and hides in the forest. No one really seems to be interested with him. You see Ruby reach down with this necklace and touch Malison on the forehead as the gym now illuminates with another white swirling light. There are now four swirling lights inside this necklace as Ruby puts it back on. They leave Malison's corpse there and begin walking back towards the encampment. It appears they have the souls they need to sacrifice for this year's festival although they do not have the victor that they normally have to help enrich their encampment and make it grow. All that is left of Malice and Kill and her body is a single note that she recorded earlier. Boy, I sure do miss the lashings, but should ever anything happen to me, somebody please find Tulip and tell her she's my daughter, and I would like to bequeath upon her my mace called Date Rape's Revenge. And please, give her this message only. Epstein didn't kill himself. And all that's left of Gonks Holskin's body is his recording that he made earlier. Uh, are you there, Captain? It's me, Gonk. Um, been having a lot of time, quiet time, to reflect on my own uh, inevitable mortality. Uh, I know I will outlive everybody I know a good five times over, and uh, that makes my existence a very curious one of accumulating friends, taking good best of care of them as I can before uh, their inevitable decline and they shuffle off this mortal coil. Uh, but to whomever may find this, should that not occur, uh, I hope you escape whatever foul beast did me in. Take my shell, plant it in the ground. I don't know, uh, grow some flowers out of it. I don't. It would be a pretty cool thing to uh, have in your front garden. Uh, don't mind if birds choose to poop on it. Uh, apparently, there is nothing that can uh, make that not happen. Even prison walls. They will find you, and they will po- and they will poop on this shell. Um, if you happen to find Captain Mallison, I hope you do. Uh, Mallison kill, that is, and that she becomes your friend. Uh, don't try to fuck her. You'll be just fine. Um, to Wataneo. That's it. Same thing with Chud. Well, 
this here's Chud Bingsley, y'all, and if I should die before I wake, whoever finds this stone, I want y'all to get baked. Off my ashes, I want you to smoke me like Tupac. That's what I want in this future world. I don't want to be here no more. I want to rise up to the heavens and join the ether and fly with Hudson Hawk until I'm a free spirit. So if anyone finds me, just remember my my love of grass. Uh, I love to eat hay and grass, and I also, from time to time, burn it the wrong way. But I, that's what I want y'all to do with me. Cremate me. Roll me up. Burn me down. This has been Chud. Be good to y'all selves. That, like, let me re-record that all. Uh, nah, shit. That's it. I'm fine. I'm done. Peace out, y'all. And same thing with Gremel Stonebreaker. Are you there, Mordin? It's me, Gremel Stonebreaker. Faithful servant. I've stuck around. You've brought me back enough times trying to find champions to do your bidding. Thankfully, I think my task is almost complete. I think I found the ones. Half of them disappeared years ago, but something tells me they're not done yet. If somebody should find this message, undoubtedly you found me corpse buried under a pile of badly beaten dragons, beaten to death with dwarven hands and steel. If you can find me buried underneath all them fearsome creatures it took to take down Kremel Stonebreaker, then my message to you is this. Protect Gertrude's dudes. Sostagaria needs them. Kremel out. Will Dickhead be able to summon enough courage to raise the minute and save the captain and the rest of the crew? Find out next time on Awful Neutral. Happy Halloween, y'all! <laughs> the Adventures of Dickhead. So Dickhead needs a one-shot. That's Dickhead. that's fun. Such a good adventure, Super Joe. Fun. Way to go. Uh, you Way to kill us all. What, you're the you're an artist of killing us. Must be satisfying. Yeah. I, I could feel like uh, you had a lot of uh, pent-up aggression toward us, and uh, I feel like this was a uh, kind of cathartic uh, for you, Joe, and I'm glad that uh, you were able to get all that out. I hope you kill the others just as well. This is for all the crickets I couldn't unleash on you guys throughout the year. I had to, I had to get it done. <laughs> Let them come. <laughs> no, well, great. fair enough. Fair enough. Great adventure, Joe. This is Ten Candles fun, is a though. depressing game. Thank you. Yes, awesome. I, I, like I give it, it 10 out of 10 candles. And I'd like to thank my wonderful cast of players for joining me today. And with that, we'll get into the plugs. Uh, AG, do you have anything to plug? Everyone can follow me on Twitter at Allison Gill, two L's in Allison, two L's in Gill, and at Muller She Wrote and at Daily Beans Pod. Jesse Egan, do you have anything to plug? I've got a comedy special called That's the Spirit. You can see it on drybarcomedy.com and you can check me out on all social media jesse egan comedy and uh one of our followers chance decent mentioned that i should say i'm also on playstation and my gamer tag is jesse egan comedy so you can play with sal and myself uh when we have nothing to do just shooting the shit caleb cleveland do you have anything to plug I can be found on all your favorite friendly neighborhood social medias at uh, Caleb is Drawing. Uh, I can be found on Twitch occasionally, uh, Instagram and Twitter. Also, if you're interested in other horrible, uh, cosmic, scary horror stories, 
Uh, I actually just have a, a brand new supplement for Call of Cthulhu coming out that I contributed the cover and a ton of interior art for. It's called Children of Fear. So cool. It's a so uh, cool. really cool supplement for people who want to explore pretty much uh, northern India, all of Asia, uh, and have uh, it as uh, or as it was during the 1920s. It's been exhaustively researched, and it's uh, it's kind of like a journey into the West, uh, but just. Just lots of just lots more horror, basically. So cool. Um, so check that out. Sounds cool. Thank you. And Damien Mercado, where can people find you? You can find me at Awful D and D. Feel free to drop us a line and leave us a five star comment and review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. And uh, we recently got our Patreon up. Uh, we have a lot of cool things for you guys to check out. A lot of levels to subscribe at. And thank you to all of our Patreon subscribers. You guys help make this happen. Yes, thank you so much. Oh, you guys are heroes. Thank you to everybody who listens to the show. Thank you to everybody who supports us on Twitter. Truly. Uh, thank you to anybody who recommends us to a friend. You guys are what makes this worthwhile. Uh, we do it for you guys, and you guys make this a blast. Thank you so very much. You guys are the real heroes. And I say that as Homelander. Oh, wow. That got that got dark real fast. <laughs> and I've been your dungeon master, Joe Camacho. You can find me on Twitter. I am the 69th hottest cop on there at HotCop69. <laughs> I would like to thank everyone for listening and thank my wonderful cast for playing thank today. You, we can't wait to see you next time. Thank you, Joe. It was really fun, man. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Have a good one. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye, everybody. <laughs>